Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to our show number 949. We're listening to some Hawaiian birds. In the foreground is the most endangered bird in the U.S., this little silver-plumaged akakiki. The census earlier this year found there were only five left in the wild on the island of Kauai. As reported in Smithsonian Magazine, human caretakers at the Maui Bird Conservation Center recently brought a pair of potential akakiki mates, things that they need to weave a nest and save their species. Things like moss and cocoa fibers and spider webs, along with a misting system to mimic the wet conditions of Kauai's forests. And then the wildfires came and raged across Maui, creating a human disaster and also threatening the center protecting the birds. But as fire approached the sanctuary, Jennifer Pribble and her conservation center staff fought back against the flames and kept the birds safe for now. We'll be talking more about the plight of Hawaiian birds in a show in the near future. Right now, we're going to link Eastern North America with Western North America by way of two listener audio postcards, one from Maritime Canada and one from California, starting with Nathan Taxel out on the West Coast. Hey there, Ray. Nathan in Irvine, California here with an audio postcard with our very cool red crowned parrots. These birds are introduced to Southern California, but they're critically endangered in their native range, and the population here, as well as a few others around the world, provide a genetic sink that will hopefully help prevent the species from going extinct. Thanks so much. Thank you, Nathan, with those red-crowned parrots in Irvine, California. And now we sweep across the continent to Eastern Canada. Hello, Christy. Hi, Ray. This is Talking Birds Ambassador Christy Wyman. While I live in Maynard, Mass, I'm recording this from the birding hotspot of Castalia Marsh on Gramanan Island in New Brunswick, Canada. My husband and I have been vacationing here this week, hiking, sea kayaking, lighthouse hopping, enjoying the tremendous bird life here on the island. A sweet ruby-throated hummingbird has appeared at our window on many occasions. The hermit thrush wake us each morning and Nelson's sparrow, new to me, with its water splashing into a hot pan call, has completely captivated us. Other species we've seen make an appearance on my eBird list this week include Savannah sparrow, red-eyed vireo, common yellowthroat, Swainson's thrush, belted kingfisher, northern perula, 
lesser yellow legs, least sandpiper, and if that wasn't enough, I stumbled upon, figuratively, not literally, well-known Canadian birder, Roger Burroughs, out on the marsh, where he was on the lookout for yellow and black crowned night heron. That's all. Talk soon. Thank you so much, Christy, for that uh, wonderful audio postcard. And thank you, Nathan, too. We'd love to get audio postcards, and they're pretty easy to make. Just take your phone or some other digital recording thing and go out and look at birds and say what you're seeing. Make a little file and send it to Ray at TalkingBirds.com. That's Ray at TalkingBirds.com. And that can be anywhere you are. That would be including your backyard as well. The lilting sweet sounds of our mystery bird. This is a preview of our mystery bird contest, the actual uh, um, enactment of which will be a little bit later on. Our mystery bird is a large, dark water bird. It has a long bill with a large gular pouch, short legs, webbed feet, and long, broad wings, a white head with a yellowish wash on the crown, dark, maroonish-brown plumage on the nape and neck, The wings and back are grayish-brown. Our bird is found all along most of the U.S. Pacific coast and along the Gulf coasts from Virginia to Mexico. It feeds by soaring close to the surface of the water, diving in to catch fish. That's our mystery bird, and prizes this morning include a big bag of our favorite coffee, delicious birds and beans, shade-grown coffee. It's bird-friendly because it's grown under the natural forest canopy in the tropics, helping preserve habitat and food for the warblers and tanagers and vireos and other birds that are starting to head back there now or very soon. Also, today's Mystery Bird Contest winner, last time this today, uh, today on today's show, our winner will be automatically entered into the September 3rd drawing, our next show, for a Vortex Viper HD 8x42 binocular with a retail value of about $500. So if you win our contest today, you'll be in the drawing for next week. As always, we point out that you don't even necessarily have to get the right answer. If nobody gets it quite right, the drawing will determine our winner today as well. So that's our mystery bird uh, contest. And if we get to our bonus question, we'll also include a feather-friendly bird window collision kit. A great thing to have and certainly very important for those kinds of birds that we just uh, mentioned there and lots of others as well. All on our upcoming mystery bird uh, contest a little bit later on. Lots of birding festivals and events going on all over the country, and as we mentioned last week, the Cornell Lab of Ornithology maintains a comprehensive list of them. And if you go to our website, TalkinBirds.com... There's no G in talking. ...you'll find a convenient link to that list under the Get Involved tab. And here are a couple of events we'd like to highlight today on September 9th and 10th. It's the Audubon Society of Rhode Island Raptor Weekend with owls and hawks and falcons featured in live presentations along with educational programs and activities for bird enthusiasts of all ages. It takes place at a wonderful place, the Audubon Nature Center and Aquarium in beautiful Bristol, Rhode Island. 
Website, ASRI, as in Audubon Society, Rhode Island, ASRI.org. Also on September 9th and 10th, it's the Puget Sound Bird Fest in Edmonds, Washington, just north of Seattle, featuring speakers and guided walks and field trips, boat tours, exhibits, and educational activities for children and adults. Direct info on that from their website. That's Puget Sound birdfest.org Puget Sound birdfest.org Puget is P-U-G-E-T Here's our salute to more Talking Birds ambassadors the great folks who are helping us spread the word about birds and conservation and our show and we thank Jackie Anderson from Glendale Arizona Jackie says, I started taking an interest in birds about 20 years ago when I homeschooled my youngest children. And together we learned the desert birds around us in Phoenix, Arizona. And she says, may I share your podcast on my Audubon Group's Instagram and Facebook pages. It's the Sonoran Audubon Society, sonoranaudubon.org. And of course, we said yes to Jackie's question. And thank you, Jackie. And thank you to Kenneth from Malden, Massachusetts. He says, I've only just recently got into birding, but the variety, beauty, and ability to connect with nature through these feathered friends has been addictive. While finding ways to pass the time on a 10-hour road trip, my friend and I stumbled upon talking birds and got hooked. Wow, that's pretty cool. Thank you so much, Kenneth, and thanks for all your kind words. So, dear Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll consider becoming a Talking Birds ambassador, just as Kenneth and Jackie have done. It's easy to sign up and easy to be an ambassador by handing out at your convenience some of our little Talking Birds cards that we'll send to you. Hand them out to friends, neighbors, fellow birders, and uh, maybe best of all, folks who might become birders. Thanks to you. And here's a word from another Talking Birds ambassador about why he became one. My name is Phil Whiteherby, and I'm calling from West Milford, New Jersey. What I like about Talking Birds is that it presents information about wild birds and conservation in a humorous way. I learn something new in just about every episode. I tell anyone thinking about becoming a Talking Birds ambassador that if you truly care about the natural world, becoming an ambassador and spreading the word about the show is the way to go. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family at TalkingBirds.com. Join today, and thanks. And thanks again, Phil. And still to come today, for the first time ever, we'll present a guest interview with an audio postcard contained within it when North American Big Year participant Gino Ellison joins us from San Diego, California. Also today, the Birdwatchers General Store's Mike O'Connor will be with us for a live Let's Ask Mike episode about your hummingbird feeder and some good advice in connection with that. And up next, it's our featured Feathered Friend segment, presented by Birdwatching Magazine for more than a quarter century. Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Many birds have beautiful, melodic songs. Today's featured feathered friend is not one of them. 
It's the yellow-headed blackbird. And maybe that fingernails-on-a-blackboard call explains why its genus contains no other members. Yellow-headed blackbirds are fairly large as blackbirds go, with a stout body, a large head, and a long conical bill. Males have a bright yellow head, a yellow chest, and a large white patch at the bend of the wing, visible from above when the bird is in flight. Females and immatures are brown, with duller yellow coloration on the head and chest. The first detailed description of this bird was given in 1825 by Charles-Lucien Bonaparte, nephew of Napoleon Bonaparte. Charles was no doubt impressed by this bird's striking appearance, but he probably said something like, Sacre bleu, when he heard it vocalize. This bird has been making a racket for a long time. Fossils of yellow-headed blackbirds from 100,000 years ago in the Pleistocene era have been unearthed in California, Mexico, and Utah. Yes, it's a bird of the West, although it is sometimes seen back East as well, often associating with red-winged blackbirds, which they dominate. Our bird eats mostly insects in summer and seeds the rest of the year and breeds in prairie wetlands, mountain meadows, in shallow areas of ponds and marshes and rivers, nesting in cattails and reeds, again often in mixed flocks with red-winged blackbirds, which seem to put up with those fingernails on a blackboard calls. It's today's Talkin' Birds featured feathered friend, Xanocephalus, Xanocephalus, the yellow-headed blackbird. Welcome again to our show, number 949. A big year is defined as a personal challenge or an informal competition among birders who try to identify as many species of birds as possible by sight or sound within a single calendar year and within a specific geographic area. And we're about to talk to a skilled and intrepid birder from Massachusetts who's in the midst of a North American Big year. He's Gino Ellison, and we've caught up with him as he's preparing to head to Alaska. Good morning, Gino. Good morning, Ray. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you, and uh, congratulations on your big year efforts so far. Where will you head to in Alaska? Oh, I'm going to be going to Gamble, which is a big island and uh, off of off of the north uh, west side of. Um, of Alaska, and I'm really excited to be going there. There, there should be some terrific birds. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us about your specific goal, Gino, in your big year and how you're doing in that effort so far. Well, I have accumulated 634 birds uh, to date. Wow. And uh, my goal when I started out, Ray, was uh, to get 700 species. Mm-hmm. And so um, I feel if things go well, uh, I'm studying all the time so I don't overlook birds but I I feel like I'm going to accomplish that goal by December 31. Wow well tell us about the planning and the techniques you need to employ to optimize your efforts in a big year this is not well I'll just go out today and see what I can see right you're right you're right Ray it's actually a big undertaking in terms of the planning so you you really I, I studied other big year birders and looked at where they went, what time of year they went, mm-hmm. the, the number of birds that they could get. 
I'm not going to be able to to, to break the big year record. Uh, the big year record is well up into the 800 uh, numbers. Maybe some year in the future I'll be able to do that. But it was in 2019. Uh, John Wagle from Australia had 840 species. 840 species, just a remarkable number. Um, and you need to be. For me, one of the tools that's been very successful is the use of eBird. It allows me to track which birds I've already seen, and then I can, as I look at the states and the areas that are, are coming up, uh, you know, I, I did a whole bunch of reports on uh, what I would see here uh, in San Diego as I'm getting ready to go to Alaska. I'm now printing out reports, what birds have I not seen this year that are in Alaska, and eBird helps me put those reports together very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. While you were in Arizona recently, you created and sent to us an audio postcard. So how about if we flash back to August 13th and get an idea of what you were seeing there? Hi, Ray. This is Gino Ellison. Just want to let you know that uh, I'm in the Phoenix, Arizona area. And right now what we're listening to are rosy-faced lovebirds. Beautiful bird. I've got hummingbirds around me. But these are the birds with the high-pitched chirp that you can hear. It's 105 degrees here today, but I'm doing everything I can to see as many of these beautiful birds as I possibly can. And I'm looking forward to talking with you in a, in a couple of weeks. Well, there you were with rosy-faced lovebirds native to Africa, right, that have established a population there in the Phoenix area and lots of hummingbirds, and I think it's safe to say you'll be seeing some different species uh, now as you get to Alaska. Yes, some of these birds might be wearing coats, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the species you'll be looking for in Alaska? Oh, Alaska is just it's, its a fabulous place, and um, the majority of the birding uh, is, is going to be sea-watching, Ray. So they're going to be auklets and all kinds of birds. Uh, of what we would think of uh, as pelagic birds and that that mm -hmm. type of thing, there'll also be some in there'll also be some inland birding. So I think we'll uh, when I get up there, I've got an ATV ready and I'm going to spend the first two or three days driving around Nome. There's only a couple. I'm sorry, driving around Gamble. There's only a couple of main roads that I'll be going in and out uh, looking for those types of birds. But I'd imagine the majority of the time I'm going to be spending with my scope looking out at sea. You know, that, that's the type of birding that I'll be doing in Gamble. Well, you encountered some extreme heat in Arizona, and uh, maybe not so much now, but later in your big year, you might have some very different uh, experiences temperature-wise. But if you're going to get some of those species coming down from the Arctic in December, how do you deal with your wardrobe choices in the changing season of different weather conditions? <laughs> well... Um, as you know, I've, I've been I've been uh, in the field my whole life. Whether I've been out fishing, or whether I've been been out uh, birding and, and hiking and things like that. So, I actually have quite an extensive uh, wardrobe of, of winter clothing. That uh, <laughs> uh, my wife always says to me: uh, If you go into Bass Pro Shops, uh, you get in the big carriage or the little carriage. If it's the big <laughs> carriage, she won't go with me. So, but I've got everything. From, you know, from from real extensive cold weather stuff, um, and, I, and I've got light weather stuff. But the, the temperatures are going to be in the mid-20s in the cold part of the day up until maybe 35 to 38. So I'll be bringing three or four uh, sets of gloves. I'll be wearing di I'll have different hats. I'll have face protection as well as some of the, so, you know, obviously uh, 
the type of long underwear gear we're all familiar with. But I've got some special stuff uh, that that I'll be wearing that lets me be mobile uh, mm-hmm. and uh, allows me also not to not to be perspiring too much. So I, I'm pretty well prepared for that. But th- right. thanks. Ray and being concerned about my well-being. <laughs> sure, sure. That's a big undertaking and a complex one, as, as you said. Gino Ellison joining us as he gets ready to head to his next stop in Alaska as he continues his big year seeking to see and or hear how many bird species again, Gino? Well, I'm hoping to see over 700 and I'm on track for that. And uh, so hopefully if things go right, the weather's good and I get in on time. Uh, after Alaska, I'll be home for a little bit, and then I'll be off to Hawaii, and that will be my last kind of uh, great stand on this tour. So I'm looking forward to that, too. All right. Hawaii included there, too, in uh, the North American big year. Gino, good luck, and uh, let's catch up again later in your big year journey. Thank you so much, Ray. Take care of yourself. Gino Ellison joining us here on Talking Birds. And up next, it's our Mystery Bird Contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more or if you need help choosing your next optic, Give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. It's our mystery bird. Not a bird that vocalizes a lot. Some begging there of chicks in the nest. Our mystery bird is a large, dark waterbed. Okay. It has a long bill. It's a water bird. It has a long bill with a large gular pouch, short legs, webbed feet. Long, broad wings, a white head with a yellowish wash on the crown, dark maroonish-brown plumage on the nape and neck. That's part of the description anyway, so we are moving along here on our Mystery Bird Contest. We'll give away a beautiful big bag of bird-friendly birds and beans coffee, and our winner will be eligible for that beautiful Vortex HD Viper binocular. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. 781-837-4900. As always, we urge you to call as soon as you can. That way we'll actually have time for the actual contest. 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, let's ask Mike live in just one minute. Have you ever dreamed of owning a bookstore? Beauty of Books, a fixture in the birding community for over 50 years, is for sale. With our unique blend of high-tech and old-fashioned customer service, Beauty of Books has remained successful and strong. This thriving business offers the largest selection of new, used, and rare bird books in the world and needs only a new owner who's passionate about birds and books. If you or someone you know would like more information, contact us at customerservice at beautyobooks.com. Thanks. Quest Nature Tours has offered exceptional tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. 
In 2023, join us in search of colorful bird life and jaguars in Brazil or on our brand new Zambia Safari. See amazing wildlife and explore habitats with travel companions who truly enjoy nature. Talkin' Birds listeners receive a $150 credit towards their first tour. Visit questnaturetours.com today. Birds and much more, guaranteed. So three things in your hummingbird feeder. Water, table sugar, and if you're not careful, mold. There is a way to get rid of that third thing, and Mike O'Connor would be the man to explain it to us and tell us uh, what those processes might be. Good morning, Mike. Yeah, you should have had some kind of like sinister music when you said mold. Oh yeah, can we yeah, add like some? Dun dun dun. We'll do yeah. that. In, we'll do that in post production. <laughs> Good idea. Good idea. Yeah, I got a. I got a. Uh, email from a woman and said, you know, I change my food every couple of days and um, I'm still getting a lot of mold. Well, yes, but probably she, her idea of a couple of days is probably more like a week or so. Cause she's, yeah. She's, yeah, 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 the sugar water is good for the hummingbirds, but if, it's, if you don't keep them regularly maintained, you will get this nasty, really serious mold on, yeah. on, on it. And so the, the best way to to deal with is to never get it. It's just, just to change your feeders every, like I would say twice a week. So today, Sunday, change them, and then maybe Wednesday, Thursday, change them, and then the following Sunday, every three or four days, and that won't be a problem. But if it does become a problem, and you got to get serious about, um, yeah, you got to get serious about cleaning them. And, and believe it or not, um, soap isn't the, the go-to thing. Some people don't even recommend using soap. What most people recommend is. Uh, a, a solution of vinegar. You take uh, two, two to one. You take uh, two parts water, one part vinegar, and you let it soak for a little while, and about an hour. And that should loosen up the mold. Um, if you don't like the smell of vinegar, they also say hydrogen peroxide is a good alternative. You know that hydrogen peroxide, the same stuff David Clapp soaks his teeth in at night. Well, you can use that to clean. Um, the mold off your feeder as well and then after it's soaked rinse it off and then go at it with a brush they make all these fancy uh, uh hummingbird brushes but i find just an old toothbrush works even better and usually less expensive and you you get the lady online that shows you how to bend holding over a candle like she's like cresting or something or you're yellow that <laughs> bending the toothbrush by heating it and then you can bend it to the shape of your particular uh hummingbird feeder and the other alternative is bleach, but you know what? I don't know if I'd go with the bleach. I didn't see anything that said it was bad. A mild bleach solution is good, but um, I, no, no. I, that would be my last solution. Isn't it? Uh, no. yeah. Well, we're not done, really. we got to go. That sounds like a uh. David Clapp thing anyway, the bleach. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, so we're, anyway. we're so short on time here. But we'll, uh, uh, we'll finish this up next week. Next week, we'll really finish good. it up. Okay. Thank you, Mike. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Sorry to cut Mike off like that. We don't usually do that. We do that to David Clapp, but not to Mike. But we're back to the mystery bird contest here. And uh, not a whole whole lot of time to uh, get it done, but we'll see what we can do here at 781-837-4900. Our mystery bird at large dark water bird with a long bill and a large gular pouch. And Ted is in Lynn, Massachusetts. Good morning, Ted. Morning, Ray. How's it going? Going, going well, uh, and running out of time fast. But what do you think our contest? I mean, our bird is the brown pelican. Brown pelican. That's beautiful. 
Despite what I said, I think we might have time for our bonus question, Ted, if you'd like to try it. Sure. All right. The brown pelican is the smallest pelican species, but it does have a big pouch that has three main uses. One is as a scoop for catching fish. Another is as a cooling mechanism in hot weather. But what is the third use? Is it A, it's as a steering mechanism for when the birds dive for fish? Or B, it's used as a trough by young pelicans who pluck food from the pouches? Or C, it's used as kind of a springy paddle in a game of pelican pickleball? Your choices here, Ted. I'll go with B. B would be uh, a trough where the uh, young pelicans pluck food from the pouches. Ted, you've won all the prizes, and you're eligible to win that beautiful Vortex binocular, which we'll give away on our next show, on our live September 3rd show. That sounds good. Yeah, all right. Thank you, Ted, and good luck. All right, well, thank you. Guess what? We're out of time for our show this morning. Next week, Molly Adams and Sidney Golden Anderson in their new book, Birding for a Better World. See you next week. The bird show. I like that. I love Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com.